0: as i am joined by one of the creators of one of the most popular and legendary pc rpg games of all time ceo and founder of Greybeard games the man the myth the legend mr david brevik thank you so much for joining me again to talk uh, to talk about some diablo today
1: my pleasure thanks for uh, having me on
0: of course of course um. So yes, this is a, going to be a bit different than our usual episode of RPG University. I couldn't pass up the chance to uh, talk some Diablo 2 with uh, Mr. Brevik, especially considering this is the 20th year anniversary. We recently, just about a month ago, celebrated the 20th anniversary of Diablo 2, almost legally able to drink. <laughs> and uh, so I wanted to just really rack your brain. Uh, about this this little title that I think a few people have played. Um, <laughs> just a few. Just a few. But I guess first and foremost, when did you guys kind of start shifting development or start really setting the design, philo- not design philosophies, but the groundworks or design ideas for what would be Diablo
1: 2? Well, uh, Diablo 1, I came out like the last day of uh uh 1997 is that right uh 96 last day of 1996 i think uh and then uh, it, mainly people got it in 1997 because it was, it was december 31st uh and uh we uh it wasn't long and they the 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 end of that project was brutal there was a lot of crunching going on i put in a tremendous amount of hours and uh not just myself but the team did uh and uh we were all just kind of like needed a break and the break didn't really come because we needed patches and all sorts of stuff like that so we were working on it for a little while and uh, but then we kind of like had maybe two or three months to kind of like downtime and we're like, oh, my God, we've worked on this so hard. I don't know if I want to go back to it. Uh, I don't know if I want to, uh, you know, do this anything. Let's start exploring some other ideas and things like that. And so we talked about some other ideas, but then it became quite apparent that not only, I think the biggest thing is that the cheating from Diablo one was, was rampant. It was ev- everywhere. Uh, we knew that there would be cheating. But we never, uh, it never dawned on us, for some unknown reason, that uh, you know now in the new age of the internet, people could just upload the cheats and everybody had the cheats. We, you know, we figured people were gonna cheat, but it, it would be just like isolated kind of thing. But like it normally was, uh, but now everybody had access to these cheats. Uh, they could just have one person make the cheats and a little tool or whatever, and then they could pass it around to everybody, and then everybody was cheating. So. We really wanted to kind of solve that problem, and uh, so we, uh, so for us, it was like we wanted. We eventually, as we started working on new ideas and stuff, like there wasn't anything that was really coming to mind. And more and more, it was, we really want to fix Diablo. And uh, and there are a bunch of things that we didn't get to do in Diablo Two, and we have some of these other ideas for Diablo Two that mm-hmm. we've been kind of thinking about or kind of stewing on for the last couple months and uh and so uh it was probably it was pretty early on that we want to do that but it was kind of in direct conflict with what the uh the parent company wanted as well
0: they wanted more they were they pushing hard i know we won't get into the whole hellfire debacle and everything but were they pushing hard on the expansion side as opposed to going straight on into a sequel or
1: yes, correct. They, uh, they wanted us to do an expansion because the game was selling really well. And we had done, Hey, if the game's selling really well, the, the kind of wisdom at the time was make sure that you're making an expansion because you're just going to like with a lot less work, you can, you know, almost double your profits or, you know, and so, uh, you know, it makes sense to work on an expansion. You can come out with it in a year, and that's a lot less risky. And it could, you know, reap the benefits of that. And so they really wanted us to work on an expansion, but we're like, the expansion doesn't really make sense when the game is so broken. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so we don't we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on actually fixing it and uh then they they said well what if another team did uh did hellfire and uh, did, did an expansion uh that then you guys had kind of like uh, control over that uh then uh would that be okay and uh so we agreed to it and they at the time uh the blizzard was owned by the same company that owned uh sierra online so we were all one you know big company or whatever uh, and uh, and as well as like Davidson and associates and some other things uh, mm-hmm. the educational company educational entertainment and uh, they uh, so you know through this uh, Sierra connection because we were owned by the same group then uh, you know they they got the nod for for making the hellfire expansions while we then focused on uh, uh, making uh you know Diablo 2
0: now, with when you guys started uh, kind of thinking up ideas for Diablo 2, no, was any of the idea of Diablo 2, especially with the story, kind of uh, put together, did you guys have any sort of timeline or history fleshed out when you were making Diablo 1 that you would then go into Diablo 2 with? Or was it pretty much, take a break, then brainstorm and, and see what happens?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. It, there was never really much of a plan for a sequel. I mean, we would. We hoped that there would be. Uh, you know, that it would sell well enough to 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 warrant a sequel. You know, and mm. uh, there was the dream when we were making. It, it's like, can you imagine if we sold? Twenty thousand copies of this game maybe we'd be able to make a sequel (laughs) and uh and uh, then obviously it sold really well and uh so then you know the ideas for sequels kind of started to to brew uh and uh from a story perspective we kind of met early and kind of outlined the concepts behind the story and what was gonna kind of happen there uh and uh but we didn't really solidify all the locations and all the you know all of the story till much later on so we we had kind of an outline of what we were going to work with and this was all kind of developed you know there was thoughts of you know what we could do with the story or whatever but it was really kind of solidified after uh the after diablo not before diablo was done
0: uh interesting interesting and was it after you realized how big of a a hit the first Diablo was and you were investing a lot of time and resources into Diablo 2, was how much of kind of the world of Sanctuary and lore did you kind of, did you and the team establish and work out at this point? Or would that come later down the line when you were well, working on Lords of Destruction and stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I, yes and no. I mean... Th- like anything, you don't have all of your good ideas up front, right? In <laughs> uh, and, and a project that lasts years and years, there's like bits and pieces that you come up with or change or whatever over the course of, of a couple years as you're kind of developing it. You know, so you, you kind of outline things, you get kind of some basic concepts down and then you kind of iterate on them and, and et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of the kind of lore and et cetera didn't come late until late in Diablo 1 uh because uh and it mainly came with the making of the manual uh that when we were like finally sitting down to write the manual that's when a lot of the kind of like story took because it wasn't really integrated into the game very much a lot of the stuff in the game, we just kind of like made up because it would be cool. <laughs> We're making a giant skeleton king because it's, you know, that's really cool or whatever. You know, there wasn't really much thought or anything like that uh, to why it was there. It was just like, hey, that sounds cool. Let's put it in. Uh, and so uh, I think that uh, kind of bringing the whole world together and stuff didn't come till kind of later in the Diablo project. Uh, the original one and especially when about the time that there was so much lore and kind of story and things like that was kind of relegated to the manual at the time uh more so than in the game there was eventually some dialogue and hints and things like that in the game itself but it was uh, but uh, a majority of it was in the man so once we had that outline then it was much easier to kind of like work on that and uh, and some of the concepts of forest sanctuary and things like that were all uh, kind of established by this point so uh by this time we started on Diablo 2 uh, mainly from you know working on it for whatever it had been maybe a year at that point of uh, uh, of kind of like focusing on story in the world and making it seem like a place and that was definitely one of the themes that we when we decided to um, to make diablo 2 was you know one of the one of the there were a bunch of things about diablo 1 that we want to improve upon one of them was loading screens and uh and loading screens took back in the day a loading screen for diablo 1 took took forever because hard drives were slow (laughs) there was they were big files they were you know for the time they were big files and so it uh you know it could take like a minute to change to change levels or whatever and so we wanted to we i, I felt like that always had broken up the the uh the sense of place or whatever and so with diablo 2 uh i had one of my i don't know i some call it famous some call it infamous uh uh shower ideas where it was like we were going to be able to, to uh stream the world in or whatever and i and the whole Point of this, and the whole point of the story, was that I wanted it to feel more like a real place. I wanted it to you not to be uh, taken out of the world uh, as you went through a loading screen or whatever. I wanted it to feel more like, hey, I'm actually in this world, roaming around, and and I feel a part of it, rather than constantly reminded that you're in a video game with a loading screen. Uh, was kind of the goal, and so that like all kind of came together with what is the world of sanctuary going to look like, and where where are we going to, you know, where are we going to go, and what's that, what does that mean, and stuff. So we had kind of established that by the time we really got into the design.
0: Very cool. Now, a few years ago, I think at GDC, or maybe it was just after GDC, you released the original design document that you had put together for the first Diablo, and it had some, uh, the Legendary, like crazy ideas. You had the basically old school. You you had thought of loot boxes with the expansion discs before loot boxes existed. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and having Diablo be turn-based instead of uh, the action or the real time that it turned out to be. Were there any of those kind of big, kind of looking back, crazy ideas that would never make it into Diablo 2 in D2's original
1: design doc? Uh, Honestly, I don't even know if there was a D2 design doc. Maybe there was, but I I can't quite recall when there was nothing like it was for Diablo 1. Diablo 1, I mean, the reason we had a design doc like that is we were actually using that to pitch companies to fund us, fund the game. So because we had been you know, acquired by Blizzard, then we didn't need the pitch document in the same way. Uh, and so, uh, but there were lots of ideas of things that we wanted to put into uh, Diablo 1 that we just didn't really, uh, didn't re- couldn't really do, right? And uh, then there were some glaring mechanical mistakes that we made uh, for Diablo 1 that we really wanted to put into Diablo 2 to fix some of the things that we had done uh most notably the one that comes to mind obviously is like the long trek out to the witch or whatever in diablo 1 <laughs> and the fact that you couldn't run in town it was like this <laughs> forever walk out there or whatever and it was just such a pain he has to get out there like we're putting running in <laughs> like number one feature we're putting running the diablo 2 because uh it's just so slow there was no reason it had to be so slow and so uh that was definitely something that we, you know, wanted to, to correct. There are other things besides that. I mean, a lot of other things, including, you know, making it client-server so that cheating would be quote-unquote solved, uh, though it wasn't completely. It was largely dealt with uh, and, uh, you know, things like that. There were all sorts of things that we wanted to put in Diablo 2 that were kind of a result of having played Diablo 1 and listened to some of the critiques as well as... Uh, some ideas that we had had while we were making Diablo 1 that we just didn't have time for, like running around like a surface Eric surface world, not just underneath, you know, mm-hmm. in a dungeon. Uh,
0: one of the features that you, you've talked about in previous interviews was your, your deliciously gory uh, crafting system. Uh, and I'm curious if you can kind of expand a bit on that. Did the idea of the crafting kind of evolve into what we eventually got with the Haradric cube or would this, the crafting system that you guys had kind of envisioned and started implementing, would that have been kind of a, a deeper thing, but more in line with, I guess, traditional crafting where you could create swords or, or things along those lines.
1: Uh, so yeah, there was a system uh at the time I had been playing some EverQuest and one of the things I appreciated about EverQuest and I liked about it was that when I uh, you know, there's always the joke of you're killing a bat and and a and a, in a you know, a great mm-hmm. sword drops or something like that. Like, where was it storing this great sword? Was it in its pockets or something? And then, uh, you know, so we wanted to make kind of drops be more realistic, and so we came up with this idea of it, when you killed a, like a bat in EverQuest, you got wings and you got, you know, like parts of a bat like claws mm-hmm. or something like that and uh and it made kind of sense and we wanted to go more that route to make it feel again a little bit more realistic uh by putting all these body parts in and uh we had already started down the path of having the horadric cube in the game that was something that we wanted to put in the game anyhow so horadric cube was already in but this was like supplemental to all of the things that we had already been putting in there. We had already talked about, you know, uh, gems and, and how the Haradric cube was going to work and doing kind of some crafting things. And this was just from other RPGs that we mm-hmm. had played like crafting systems in general, and we were just enhancing that by, Hey, we're going to have a system that has, uh, you know, realistic crafting ingredients eyeballs and claws and hearts and stuff like it. it was it was really gruesome and you know eventually we we removed it because your inventory was just like it was like a, a bloodbath it was full of eyeballs and hearts and cleans and stuff and it was just like really gross every time you looked it up i mean the inventory was just basically dripping with blood uh and so it was a little over the top uh, and, uh, so eventually we ended up saying, Hey, that this is just too much. But, uh, the idea for that, uh, was, you know, that we wanted to have crafting even before we had come up with this idea for the, for the body parts.
0: What sort of things had you guys envisioned that the body parts would be for more like augmenting potions or kind of buffs? Like, had you thought to that point yet in the mechanics?
1: Uh, no, well, yes, we had thought up of, uh, different ways that we were going to craft different things, uh, out of it, but it wasn't really like, Hey, this is the way you're going to make swords, or this is the way you're going to make, uh, enchantments. And and the idea really kind of like morphed from there into the, you know, into rune words. Uh, and that, that was like where that, you know, that took us in more Mm -hmm. of that direction after You know that we focused more on that, making rune words into something, and that's that was never really the intent of of the the, you know body part uh, design, body part uh, uh, you know crafting Mm -hmm. system. That was going to be again more like along the lines of making health potions or making uh, you know whatever. There were there were like different ways that we were going to use these things to make more like buff stuff and things like that, rather than hey, we're going to upgrade stuff using Mm -hmm. rune words or whatever. But that that was kind of like the body parts were replaced in a lot of ways with the design for the rune words. And then those went in just kind of a different direction. Okay.
0: Were there any other mechanics that you guys had kind of drafted or kind of thought of that never really got far either in development or even any sort of development?
1: uh well there were there were other ideas that we had that never made it into the game uh, uh that, you know that uh, that happens all the time mm-hmm. when you're making any kind of product you eventually <laughs> run out of time and you can work on the thing literally forever so uh you know it's uh it's um you know i think that uh there were there were definitely things like uh for instance we wanted to have Battle.net town which was this uh idea that we had where uh when you join Battle.net, you didn't get dumped into a chat room you actually got dumped into the game and you were in a town this is like a hub system mm-hmm. it's very common like you know path of exile or other things other games like this yeah. have this where you're in a hub and there are people kind of running around and there's some vendors and you can visit the bank and things like that or whatever that that was the concept behind it uh but it never got completed we ended up having to remove it from the game we ran out of time and uh and that never never happened so there were quite a few ideas like that that uh that uh never made it in the game or got morphed into something different and in fact we cut a whole act out of the game uh because we were so far behind schedule and eventually put it back in with some modifications for the lord of destruction expansion
0: oh wow um in terms of kind of the development, when you, and this can be with Diablo 1 as well, but with Diablo 2, how big was kind of your guys' initial pool of character classes you wanted to aim for, or that you kind of eventually shrunk down into the ones that made it into the game? Like how far reaching or, cause I know you've mentioned before, you like the dark fantasy. You, there, a lot of them are the, uh, your typical, like, Dungeons & Dragons classes. Um, but, like, how big was that pool initially that you eventually condensed down? Or was it pretty much locked from very early well, on?
1: from very early on, I think that we decided that we wanted five character classes. I think that that was definitely the number that we kind of imagined in our mind. It was more than last time. It was more than three Uh, and so this was going to be bigger, better, you know, five is seems like the right night number. It's not a number that, you know, we are going to bite off more than we can chew. So that, uh, you know, that seemed like the, the right number for, for this project. So what they were though, wasn't solidified till much later. Um, I think that, uh, A lot of them are still like you said were based off of that's the way i've always liked to design things was kind of like as this traditional dungeons and dragons style everybody understands what a necromancer is or you know everybody understands what a sorcerer is or things like that like they can kind of get hey it's a magic user it's a you know it's a a paladin you know a holy warrior like they, they they those concepts are just really simple to grasp and so people understand when they're making the choices what they are that was a little vaguer with something like amazon (laughs) that didn't really apply as much or whatever but people kind of got it once you kind of loaded up the character oh is this spears and it's uh it's bow so it's kind of like an archer or whatever and uh so that that uh that made a little bit more sense and uh so that was really the only one that was kind of vague but we try to stick to those kind of uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, general D style classes that people can kind of grasp one of the things i've had in the past is that sometimes i'll go and i'll play a, a game and it'll have a uh a, a character class and it'll be you know this is the soul whisperer. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that even mean? Like, I, I don't know, <laughs> what, what class is that? What is that even, I don't even, What is? what are you gonna do? What is that if nothing comes to mind, right? So when you're sticking to kind of established uh, kind of classes like that, uh, people grasp it really easily and uh, and can kind of make a cho- an easier choice that way. Uh, and I, so that was important for me to kind of stick to that. and uh i think that we decided pretty early what they what they were uh though i don't think that we finalized them till later uh we definitely wanted necromancer was early as so was amazon in fact i think amazon was the very first character class that we worked on and uh and then uh we wanted to work on a melee so the uh, barbarian was next or whatever that was that was uh and then uh and i think necromancer was third
0: i'm curious with with the decision to go with a, an amazon as opposed to a more traditional like dnd ranger kind of thing what was the decision to do amazon as opposed to a ring Ra- or call it ranger was it more like lore reason behind yeah. it Okay.
1: yeah it was absolutely it was because of the lore it was because the uh sister of the sightless eye stuff or whatever that they they wanted it you know that that was kind of some of the lore or whatever was this kind of amazonian style uh uh you know character you know group or whatever that we wanted to uh that we wanted them to be associated with so that that was the reason uh and uh and because it was all you know mm-hmm. women that was uh, important to kind of differentiate that from your typical ranger which is not necessarily you know that can be any gender
0: okay so some of that lore stuff had been established and you guys had kind of nailed down before you got into the character creation process then
1: yeah yeah absolutely okay. that that was especially act one was they you know we had established a lot of the lore for act one before we begin creating character classes or even begin creating uh you know the the graphics or anything like that we that was the very first order of business, is what is act one going to be like what's the first character class and like we worked on the story parts of it and things like that for uh for weeks and weeks before we actually st- uh, started making even any of the beginning uh beginning animations or anything
0: uh now I remember I you've told this story b- b- a bunch before how the cinema team in Diablo 1 did created the whole idea of shoving the hero shoving Diablo's soul gem into the forehead. Now I'm curious, did your the cinema team uh decide any plot points in Diablo 2 as surprises or did you uh.
1: Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they weren't as big as <laughs> surprises because there was better communication between mm. us. The <laughs> time we had learned our lesson that we need to talk with these guys a little bit more. Uh, uh, and so uh, there weren't really any surprises, but one of the reasons that we did the story the way that we did it is they gave them the creative freedom to like tell this kind of like side story. That ran in parallel with the, the you know, the main game and didn't have as much of an impact directly on the game. It's like the mysterious hooded figure, et cetera, et cetera. This is kind of going on in the world. Uh, meanwhile, you're like playing the game and that part of the world and that part of the story were very, very separate. So, uh, you know, it was it was great to have that stuff kind of come together or whatever. But it was, you know, but it was separate for so long that allowed them the creative freedom to do the things that they wanted and there didn't if they were gonna have surprises and twists or whatever we, we talked about it much more this time but they uh but it was uh you know that that was more planned and almost separate from the game than the than you know what we were doing and so that that helped a lot this was intentional to kind of like separate mm-hmm. the two in a lot of ways to make them to give everybody the freedom to be creative in their own ways
0: I'm curious what was the reaction to kind of the reveal back in the day to who when it was revealed who the Dark Wanderer was like who this person was that you were following through the the story of Diablo 2 like
1: Well, I mean, we knew what was going on, so that (laughs) it wasn't much of a surprise for us. But it was the, uh, I mean, we had discussed all of Mm -hmm. these ideas and things like that, so it wasn't really much of a surprise. As for what other people thought? Yeah, that's
0: what I meant. Like, what was the fan reaction?
1: I think the fan reaction was positive, though I, you know, I think that in a lot of ways people had kind of expected surprises at this point (laughs) from us, Mm -hmm. right? So it maybe wasn't as big of a surprise as as people maybe thought in the past, but it was but it was still, I think, that people really appreciated and really liked it. Uh,
0: I, I remember that was, it was always back in the day playing through this idea of this wander just leaving destruction in his wake and then finding out, oh, he was actually the hero from Diablo 1, and it's like, what, right. what's going on? That was, that was crazy.
1: Um. (laughs) well it's funny because i thought that people would get that right off the bat like i mean for Mm -hmm. me i i mean maybe because we knew the story like i never thought it it was like gonna be oh this is gonna be this amazing reveal it turned out that it was a pretty good reveal but it was like but for me that knew the story that knew what we were trying to do or whatever what was going on it never seemed it seemed obvious to me but i mean in hindsight maybe it does or whatever but i so i didn't experience it in the same way that maybe other people
0: well, it was a good one, and you got you and the team pulled it up expertly. Uh, it, it was a very good... I'm always a big fan of games or game series where it connects to the other one and you get ideas of what happened to your people from the previous game. So that I'm a huge fan of that. So uh, The yeah, lore I, yeah, drops well, of the Amazon, or the sorceress from the first game, the, yep. the knight and stuff, the orc. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's on purpose, right? You know, we wanted to make it feel like a real place and feel like these characters mattered and and, uh, and to kind of, like, tie that together was important. And a lot of the game, we did things like that. Like, going back to Tristram and things like that was really wanting to make it feel like this is a continuation of what's going on.
0: How much were you... How much of the assets i guess were you able to reuse from diablo 1 i know you've mentioned previously that kind of how the tile system had worked with walls and things it ended up being a bit difficult to work with um did you all start pretty much from the ground up with diablo 2
1: yeah, absolutely. 100%. We got zero percent of the stuff from Diablo One was used in Diablo Two. Uh, we did everything over again. Not only that, not only because the resolution changed, but also, you know, we wanted to fix some of the mistakes that we had made with Diablo uh, One in terms of the walls and the floor being connected to each other and then like separating those, so we had different layers and can draw the screen differently. And we wanted. There was like a set wall height, and we wanted to make uh, walls be as tall as they wanted to be or much higher than they were in Diablo uh, Diablo 1 so that we could have, you know, trees and all sorts of things like that, uh, or, you know, big faces to buildings and, uh, and and whatnot. Like, we wanted to make sure that uh, in this way that the game was, you know, for instance, like even uh, in town in the Act 2 going into the... Uh, you know the big the giant building in the center of town or whatever those 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 kind of things were important for us to get a new sense of scale and uh, and whatnot so from a from an asset standpoint we started over from, from scratch not only just that but like rendering and uh and the competition had kind of upped its ante since then it had been a few years and we you know, the assets from that time weren't as competitive or weren't as, uh, you know, detailed as we could do now, like we could mm-hmm. do better stuff. Not only that, we had hired some really good artists. <laughs> because of the popularity of Diablo, we were able to hire some really talented people that, you know, raised our game even more or whatever. And the people that had done some of the graphics in the first one had improved their skills over the last few years. So we were, we were ready to, like, take on new challenges with the graphics.
0: You got your start kind of making games and playing around with coding from a young age. And I remember reading an, or watching an interview where you, for fun, would make games in high school and just do stuff. Had you prototyped or kind of started thinking of any of the mechanics back then, like in these just kind of fun games that would go on to evolve and be in Diablo?
1: Like yeah uh absolutely they you know i a lot of some of the concepts or whatever that i started with first off i, I you know that the name of the game diablo was actually i thought of while i was in high school uh and i would design these rpgs with the name diablo and it would like use uh you know it, and they were very D like classes and things like that uh that was a something that stuck with me all the way through, even and through college and stuff like that, when I was still working on the concepts for Diablo. It was, whenever it was like an RPG idea, I just like lumped it into this Diablo f- folder or whatever <laughs> game idea of like, hey, any kind of RPG idea, I'm just gonna lump it into there and that, and you know, it, so it evolved and changed. Uh, and uh, by the time, especially in college, that's when the design really started to solidify uh, was, uh, playing a bunch of the, uh, well, bunch of games where the term roguelike comes from playing games mm-hmm. like rogue and, uh, and, uh, roguelike games like, uh, Moria and Umori and Aangband and NetHack and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those all, uh, those games really kind of, uh, solidified what, what I wanted to do with the design for Diablo.
0: And just as a brief side tangent, talk. I'm I'm really enjoying the resurgence and renaissance of the roguelike genre, that we seem to be in nowadays.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's always been my favorite type of game. And so, uh, you know, bring them on. I, yeah. I love them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you have uh, before you left Blizzard, you had started. Early planning on a second expansion for Diablo 2 where you had in one of the classes you wanted to add or the class you wanted to add to it was going to be a cleric um, what kind of idea in terms of story you were wanting or aiming to tell were you hoping to do or wanted to do with this expansion were you thinking it would serve kind of as a bridge to a, put like eventual Diablo 3 or your Diablo 3 or would it be its own thing? Like, what was kind of the mindset of the team behind uh, this, this possible second expansion?
1: Yeah, it was uh, the, the from a story perspective, it was uh, focused on kind of like a prequel for three, right? It was mm-hmm. not. It was uh, it was kind of like the aftermath of of the expansion and what that meant, and then where we were leading that into kind of like the passage of time between our version of what uh, you know of diablo 2 and what that was and what our version of diablo 3 and where that took place in the timeline and this was like kind of a bridge in between it was like i don't know it was like prequel d3 like i don't i don't know it, it's it was kind of like a one-off thing or whatever one-off story little side story or something like that that was uh, kind of uh uh part of the design so it like filled some of the timeline and things like that in In a lot of ways, you can think of it almost like a, uh, 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 where what's the Star Wars rogue? All the
0: offshoots, kind of like, yeah,
1: Yeah, it was like, exactly. It was like, it was, uh, where what's the movie Gary have made, the rogue? Rogue One? Yeah, exactly. Where it was like, it was kind of the story of them, you know, stealing the plans Mm -hmm. that then, you know, kind of built into the, trilogy and that mm-hmm. and that was the same kind of concepts that we wanted to use uh for the sixth second expansion
0: was the idea that it would pick up right after or very shortly after the end of lord of destruction or were you guys planning in conceptually had the idea that a good deal of time or a piece of time would transpire and then it would be the expansion before
1: the yeah it was there was a period of time it wasn't a lot of time but there was but there was years had passed or whatever that uh between the end of uh lord of destruction and uh this kind of prequel slash in between uh thing and then even more time it would have passed before the d3 timeline
0: uh with your character would there have been like would the idea have been you're a brand new hero kind of experiencing this or would you kind of write in that your character just stumbled upon these things happening, or you were called yeah, back to the fray.
1: Right. I mean, we try and do that with uh, any kind of RPG or any kind of story, where you are the, the character in the story, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, we try and leave that vaguely up to you, rather than you're playing a specific character, right? That was mm-hmm. not really what Diablo was about. It wasn't like I don't know there are a lot of a lot of games like that if you're playing like a i don't know a uh you know if you're playing metal gear solid your solid mm-hmm. snake or whatever you're like you you uh, it it wasn't going to be that that kind of direction it was going to be uh you know something where uh you know you're you're finding out about this stuff but you aren't the the hero or the solid you know the center mm-hmm. of the story if that makes sense
0: very cool. very cool and so the cleric was going to be kind of like a healer, and everything kind of happening around him. From what you've said previously, correct?
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, the cleric was going to be a character class that uh, was very different mechanically than the rest of the rest of the character classes in the game. And uh, it wasn't necessarily a traditional uh, traditional cleric. Where a cleric, I think a lot of people think, oh, it'd be really weird to play a cleric in a in a ARPG where I'm just like running around healing everybody or something mm-hmm. like that but that wasn't really what was gonna that that, that that wasn't really the mechanics I don't know how much about it I can really talk no, about I,
0: because that's
1: uh, I, <laughs> I can't give too many details <laughs> I think Blizzard still owns that or whatever so oh, no
0: worries <laughs> completely understand I wouldn't want to get you in trouble Um, now one of the games that came out the same year as Diablo 2 in 2000 was and I'm curious if you guys at Blizzard were at all worried about it was Baldur's Gate 2 another isometric granted from a gameplay perspective very different I mean it's more kind of the turn-based more D&D focused but isometric from a general consumer I could see how looking at the back of the box of Baldur's Gate and one at Diablo they would look kind of similar were you guys at all worried about when that game released later in September, or were you like,
1: "Nah, we're we're
0: different enough that it, it's fine"? Like, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if we were all that worried about uh, about that game, mainly because I think that we felt like they were very different as well. Mm-hmm. Like they the type of game style, gameplay for for Ballers Gate was very different than. Uh, Diablo. So we didn't really look at them as kind of direct competition, though I understand that you can look at the back of the box and think that they are. Uh, a, you know, I think that the, we felt like there was plenty of room in the market for for both mm-hmm. games. Uh, and we knew those guys really well. Like we, you know, uh, 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 so we got along a lot. We would meet up at trade shows and things like that and hang out. And uh, so, uh, in fact, you know, some of uh, my. Partners I made, uh, made Blizzard with, like went to their weddings and things like that. So uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I think that uh, we were pretty close to the to them, and it was not really a uh, you know we didn't really mm-hmm. look at that as competition. There was plenty of competition. There were other incredible games that were coming out at the time. In fact, I have an old screenshot, uh, you know, old picture taking of me signing uh, boxes on the release day. Uh, at a game store, like at, I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. like a, a EBX or whatever the heck it was back then, uh, uh, and and like over my shoulders, you can see kind of the new releases, and on the shelf are things like the the original Sims mm-hmm. and uh, Die katana and like all of these like really big games, and like come out basically almost the exact same time, and uh, and so the fact that it sold really well both games sold really well, I think we were right that there was just plenty of room for all sorts of games in the market at the time.
0: For sure. And I want to just clarify for everyone listening before they get on uh, their angry keyboards, I am well aware that both games are completely different styles. I I know that they play completely differently. I'm talking about like your mom and pop going in for the holidays looking at the back of the box. So I'm just, I'm just covering my own butt there. <laughs> uh, uh but with with diablo 2 turning 20 this year uh there's still such a community around these games do you kind of keep up or check on your baby i guess for a better uh better term now and then to see what's happening with diablo 2 or even diablo 1
1: yeah absolutely uh You know i not only stream a lot on twitch but i watch a lot of twitch and i watch a lot of people streaming diablo 2 i watch them uh speed run it i watch them like uh playing it in different ways uh there's a whole bunch of different streams and themes out there of people playing it i i keep up in kind of the mod scene i played several of the mods on our stream uh and so i talk with people in the community quite a bit People from the community pop into our stream and ask me questions all the time. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty involved with the community still.
0: That's very cool. Like seeing the main one that I know of is Median XL and um, that mod. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I played. I've played it.
0: It's it's ridiculous what people have.
1: It's amazing.
0: Have made.
1: It's crazy yeah, made and an entirely new games. so yeah. whatever. it's really incredible.
0: And now they're another
1: lot of effort and time and energy yeah. that goes into something like that. And then, then they can't make money off of it. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. it's such, it, a, such a love letter.
0: It is. And so well done and to have, oh, we have online community events. It's like, holy moly, you guys are killing it. And then nowadays you're starting to see like someone's using AI learning to make it 4k and run at 60 frames per second and showing videos of that. And it's like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: And uh, the reverse engineering of the Diablo 1 code two years ago. Yeah,
1: that is a funny story. That is so weird. Uh, Because of the, you know, Mm -hmm. it it all has to do with the uh, PlayStation version of Diablo 1 is how they they came about that. Mm So Diablo 1 had, uh, you know, that the PlayStation discs were encrypted, but somebody broke the encryption and then they were able to look at the unencrypted version of the Diablo one CD and the developer which the Diablo one was not made in house on, on the PlayStation. It was made by a third party uh, group and uh, they had put the symbol table for the code had burnt that onto the CD, which we didn't think would be, you know, we didn't know about it, obviously, but yeah. we didn't think would be. A, they didn't think would be a big deal. It didn't matter because it was uncrackable or whatever <laughs> until it was cracked. And then, uh, you know, to use that then to reverse engineer all of the Diablo code was pretty amazing. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was what a what a strange way to go about it. But and uh, it's really cool that it's out there and everybody's able to kind of like modify it and see it mm-hmm. and work on it.
0: One second, my dog's going crazy. Give me just 30 seconds. I'm sorry about this. No problem. The leaf blower was on the other side of the house now. So. <laughs> oh god, it's come back. I'm gonna
1: get that leaf blower if it's god, the last I'll get it
0: when I'll get it next time. <laughs> uh, but so I was submitted some uh, questions from the community and various subreddits that uh, I'd like to ask you on their behalf. So we have user okay. Zab Zabanov. Other action RPGs have greatly innovated in terms of itemization and character building. However, in terms of combat, the genre has not really pushed forward or innovated. Do you think that this could be a worthwhile leap for the genre and how would you approach this? Does he think it would be possible to provide the depth and complexity in itemization as well as in the action combat gameplay at the same time? So I guess it sounds like from what they're asking, how would you kind of revitalize or revamp the action RPG combat, or you know, do you I, think I, it I, needs
1: to? Yeah, be? Uh, yeah I, I don't think it needs to be. I don't think I would. I mean, there are little things that you can do. You like, you can have some some different mechanics, uh, and a lot of those things are kind of explored in more, the more modern uh, ARPGs, from you know, from Path of Exile to Wolcen, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Like, they, there's a bunch of Diablo Three. There's a bunch of different ways to Play that game uh, in in terms of combat, but I don't think that there needs to be a big shift. It, I, it, like, uh, there really isn't a big shift in the way that combat works in first-person shooters, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I don't think that there will be much of a shift in the way that uh, combat works in uh, in ARPGs. The only thing that I would mention is though that, like, I would like to see ARPGs become a little bit more. Um, Social in terms of so many ARPGs are just such uh, you know isolated insular kind of experiences, right? They, mm-hmm. they you end up playing them by yourself, and to have a more kind of grouping up or a, a more social experience, I think uh, would be would be a way to make combat a little bit more interesting and having combinations of of things between the different characters that add add. Uh, playability like one person's using one thing then that really works well with another character's kind of thing uh, that that you know that's where mm. I think that uh, any kind of uh, you know any kind of growth could happen in terms of uh, in more of a multiplayer way okay
0: uh, I I don't I would love to see and a couple games have done this is in going off what you mentioned is how you could have two characters spells, merge together to create an entirely different effect. Like, that sort of stuff I absolutely love and would be really interesting to see in kind of an action RPG setting, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: From user Vince underscore zero, looking through old videos, we can see that you were working on implementing a clan system in Diablo 2 but didn't manage to have it ready on time. Can we know a little more about what the system was aiming to be and if there is a Diablo 2 remaster at some point do you think they will add think about adding it to the game. So I'm I don't remember seeing these videos but I'm almost curious if this clan thing was kind of that town hub you were talking about or was there a clan system you were thinking of implementing.
1: Uh yeah, no, it was it was the the Battlenet town was totally different than the clan system and the clan system was real. They uh you know, it was it was basically guilds, very very much like uh like uh you know, you would get in any kind of MMO where you know you would have a group of friends. They could be online, your own private chat, and uh, and you could connect with them in a in a different way. There was going to be a guild hall. There was like all of these kind of ideas that we had for uh, for making uh, making guilds kind of a, a a a more social experience for Diablo II, and that was that was something we wanted to work on, but never got around to it. And then when it was came time to do the expansion, we uh, we focused a lot on... Some of the team went and started working on the technology for Diablo 3, and then some of the team went and made the expansion for uh, Diablo 2. And then some of the team... We split into three groups, and the third group was uh, working on a totally different game. Starblow, uh, right? The Starblow, yeah, exactly. And so uh, they're... Uh, uh, so guilds never really, or, or clans never really made it into the game, uh, mainly because there just weren't enough people working on, uh, on the expansion for it to justify the amount of time and energy it was going to take.
0: How far along in development did the, the clan system get to? Like, did you have it running internally that you could test or did it never get to yeah. that far?
1: For, from a development standpoint, the design was done, a lot of the graphics were done, and some of the coding was done, but that was what really lagged, was, it was a lot of the coding. And the coding, unfortunately, a lot of it came down to Battle.net coding, and there were only a few of us that were Battle.net programmers, there were three of us actually doing all, all the client-server, like doing all the server-side and all the Battle.net integration and getting you into games and coming up with their... The, chat system and being able to show your characters on the screen (laughs) and things like that, like that was just a few of us that were doing all of this technology Uh, and so it was mainly dependent on us and we were already behind (laughs) schedule and so uh, you know, we had to cut things out and it was mainly because the people that were critical to making it work were just overwhelmed with the other things that that needed the game to get just even basic functionality done and that's the reason we cut Battle.net Town as well as we cut clans mainly because that group wasn't big enough and there weren't enough experts on uh, network programming
0: okay and kind of just touching on what you something you mentioned earlier and the what you mentioned now with having to cut content with the extra act that would eventually be retooled to become Lords of Destruction how far along had that gotten before that was kind of cut and just deemed okay we can't do this right now We'll, we'll shelve it maybe for an expansion
1: yeah, that was uh, originally Diablo Two was slated to come out in Christmas uh, nineteen ninety nine. Well, it was the original release date, and so we were, uh, you know, crunching, 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 starting in like uh, late spring ninety nine, uh, early summer, summer right around there. We started started crunching because we were like six months from release. We had a lot to do. So maybe about three or four months into that crunching period, we're like, we're never going to make it if we don't cut out one of these acts. We're way behind or whatever. And so we cut it out. And then and then, then, we didn't even still didn't even meet the deadline or whatever. So, uh, it, it, you know, and then it pushed into the s- spring. And then we had to even cut act, you know, the, the well, it was originally act five, but the, the, you know, the fourth act, but we had to like cut that almost in half. Uh, in order for us to kind of like finish quote unquote all the content in the March-April time frame so that we could just focus on bugs for the last couple months and release it in June. Uh, and so uh, uh, we ended up uh, you know, cutting quite a bit of that content, but then again, like you said, we revamped that and made that ready, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of use that uh, concepts or whatever, of uh, the location and things like that for, uh, for the expansion.
0: Was Bale always the the end boss to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yes to that act, but it yeah. was, but it was going to be in Act Four. It was going to come before Diablo in the original game.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, that would be perfect. So then he could come back in the end act in a robot suit, as we talked about <laughs> earlier. See, that would have been that would have slotted in Absolutely. perfectly. <laughs> you thought you beat me first time heroes (laughs) man the the things we lost or we never got to experience
1: yeah i don't know (laughs) it it turned out fine oh yeah so oh yeah (laughs) yeah i mean it it is amazing though how much a game changes while you're making it right you you know your best laid plans never survive the Mm -hmm. first real you know ability to make anything it's a you know And again, this comes down to a lot of different factors, but it comes down to the fact that these things take literally take years and years and years to make. And There's huge teams and people think of new cool ideas that are more important than some of the things that we've been doing before and things just get switched around because, oh, it doesn't make any sense or there's flaws or whatever, you know, like games just change a lot. It's one of the things that's actually really incredible about some of the new AAA games. It's the fact that they, you know, design so much of that stuff right up front, and all of the story and everything. And if it doesn't work out, they're, you know, they're kind of in trouble. Uh, so it's, uh, it, you know, it's a, a lot of times they can't change a lot of the things once they've uh, gone down the path. So if it ends up kind of being a weak design, then uh, it's just going to be a weak game.
0: Yeah. and kind of touching on uh, other AAA games, this goes perfectly into our final comment from user Painstar. Other than the games you're tied to or are currently working on, what are some games that you really enjoy that might be out of the normal as I mostly think of Diablo and action RPGs when I think of what games you're into. So like what other games what are you playing right now, David?
1: Uh, well, I I play a lot of Minecraft. Uh, I I really love Minecraft. I play a lot of um i play a lot of different games that that i don't think that people would normally expect i like a lot of sports games i like uh i like uh i like games puzzle games like or even just like basic games like solitaire and uh nonogram games and things like that i also like that's i actually made a little free nonogram game that you can download from my uh from my website uh, i uh i'm playing a lot of animal crossing the last few months i've Finish pokemon over the holiday break uh, uh so i don't know there there are a bunch of things that i play that i don't know if people would necessarily associate with games that that they would think that i would i'm only playing action rpgs though i do play action rpgs i think that i play a variety of things and i enjoy a, a bunch of different types of games yeah
0: and one game that you he also plays listener is Super Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. So you should go and listen to our previous episode of RPG University, where we nerd out all about that game, too. See, Indeed. I plug myself. And question, my final question, just kind of a fun, you are given a blank check, limitless budget, with all the time you need. What game would you make?
1: Uh... Probably a Star Wars ARPG.
0: Nice. I'd buy that. Damn. He's so good. So good. But, but David, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast to talk, uh, talk about one of the most influential games that I've ever played that helped push me to love the RPG genre it's it's honestly been an honor and a privilege to be able to
1: speak to you thank you it's been really fun and I've had a great time
0: well I'm very glad and if you want where can people find you online what do you got cooking um plug yourself do do your yeah, thing yeah sure uh,
1: uh, so right now i have two companies one's called S- skystone games it's a new company uh, where i'm a publisher where we're providing indie game developers with funding and me as a mentor uh, its kind of different than most publishers as well as helping them get their games on all sorts of different platforms and things like that and helping with localization and QA and all the kind of traditional things the publisher does, marketing, etc. Uh, but uh, also helping, uh, I'm giving them, you know, creative guidance and, and feedback on their design uh, and so that—that's one thing that I'm doing. That's a new company that's just started up. And uh, if people are interested, they can uh, talk to us at skystone.games online. And uh, and then uh, I also have GraybeardGames.com. That is my other independent game company that I am mainly doing. I, you know, I've made a project called made a game called it lurks below and uh, it's available on steam and gog and very soon will be out august 6th on uh, xbox and part of the game pass the microsoft game pass it'll be on xbox and in the windows store uh and uh, you know free to the game pass people uh and that uh that uh is a game that i did pretty much uh, you know 99 by myself i did all the graphics and programming and sound and, and music and all that stuff uh, all by myself so uh, an incredible project uh, that I uh, really a labor of love and something that I have really enjoyed and the game itself is very much like uh, Diablo kind of meets uh, I would guess Terraria or something like that where it's uh, uh, it's got eight character classes, it's an RPG with random levels and random items and all of the kind of things that you'd expect, uh, you know, rune words and all, all sorts of stuff, enchanting. All, all, and, uh, you know, like I said, eight character classes, necromancers and uh, and uh, uh, bard, which is something I haven't done in the past. And, uh, uh, you know, paladin and all sorts of things that you would normally expect. Uh, and uh, as well as there's a lot of kind of, it's played from the side perspective. So you a lot of, like, digging and crafting and things like that as well in the game so uh it's a uh a real fun project that uh and it's cheap it's on uh on uh on on sale sometimes even and uh and is on steam right now
0: perfect it's a it's a lot of fun i've had a lot of fun uh playing through um i picked um the necromancer so it's been a lot of fun. I picked it up a, about a week and a half or so ago t- to to sink my teeth into it because I hadn't yet. So, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So, everyone should go check it out. Um but until then, everybody, thank you if you've stuck around this uh to the end to listen. I very much appreciate it. You've helped return light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. If you would be so kind, leave a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcast service for rpg university i'd very much appreciate it and if you have a suggestion of an rpg you would like me to talk about or have a guest on to talk about shoot a tweet at irrational pod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you'd like to see or if you'd like to be a guest and nerd out about a game of your choice too until next time everybody stay safe stay healthy be kind to each other class dismissed